Welcome to Bollywoodist for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. It's back to school time and we're hitting the books with two movies about the right to education. First up, Amir Khan plays an inspiring art teacher who notices that a child in his class is struggling because he has a reading disorder. In Khan's directorial debut, Tarez Amin Par. Then, to appease his wife, Irfan Khan goes to great lengths to see his daughter's acceptance at a prestigious English medium school in Saka Chaudhry's 2017 comedy, Hindi Medium. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. So we got a bit of a somber note to start this episode off. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, there's been some absolutely catastrophic flooding in Pakistan over the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's something like an entire third of the country is underwater, which for uh, it's got like the fifth highest population of any country. It's astounding. And uh, people definitely need help. I saw this, uh, again somewhere else that uh, uh, most of the country's livestock has pet, like died. Or been washed away so it's an absolute nightmare um, so we're going to be donating uh, the revenue of four episodes from our advertising to uh, a charity called Pani which um, they are cooking meals and bringing them to people and also getting water trucks out there so for people for refugees really climate refugees who've been forced out of their homes uh, this uh, organization is feeding them and getting them water and stuff. So we thought that this would be a good one to go through. Uh, but this is this is also through launchgood.com, which is uh, a Muslim-focused donation site. So if you go to launchgood.com, you could see quite a few different uh, organizations that have been set up uh, and are on the ground helping. Um, and another good resource for this, uh, and I'll have to thank Awesome Bernie from uh, the Condon podcast, he put this up, is floods.pk. So this uh, has information about the flooding as well as uh, charities in Pakistan, as well as U.S. and abroad. So depending on where you're listening from, you can find a charity that can take uh, your local currency and can maybe give you a tax credit or something. Uh, but yeah, we please encourage you to uh, you know, donate somehow because this is a massive his, uh, humanitarian crisis and uh, they need our help right now. Uh, links will be in, in the show notes and, and we encourage if you are in a position to donate to, to help and, and also to encourage others to donate. This is why we have those ads in the middle of the episode and the beginning. Like It allows us to do stuff like this. Yeah, we do use that money. It's not that we want to tell you about Home Depot or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's kind of used for you know keeping the podcast going and also for things like this. So yeah. we can kind of help out when we can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so please help. Uh, before we get to the films, uh, we have something else we need to discuss. <laughs> um, it's not as uh, somber. Um, not as immediately important, um, but it's it's still it's still news nonetheless to us. Uh, now the 67th Filmfare Awards honoring the best films of 2021 were handed out recently. Uh, I don't I don't know why the Filmfare Awards felt the need to hand out awards when the Biffle Awards were. Yeah, you know, they've already we've already covered this pretty well. Yeah, they already had a, a lavish ceremony and honored all the best films. So. I mean, Filmfare Awards late to the party. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if they're uh, 
if their their picks align with ours. Sure. Uh, now, now, what do you what do you want to hear about first, Matt? Do you, do you want to start with do you want to start with like the best film, or do you want to work backwards up to best film? Let's work up to it. Okay. Uh, so we will start with the best supporting actor. Okay. Uh, the nominees were Abhishek Banerjee and Rashmi Rocket, a film we did not watch. Yeah. <laughs> Manav Kohl and Saina. No. <laughs> he was the coach. Um, Pankaj Tripathi in 83. Pankaj Tripathi and Mimi. Pankaj Tripathi Par- in our house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> That'd be a dream he's, come true. He's everywhere. Paran Bandopadhaye. Apologies if... I'm sure that's not the correct pronunciation, and sorry, I apologize for that. Sorry, um, In Bob Biswas, and Raj Arjun in Thalai V. So, uh, we didn't see two of these films, and one of them you didn't see, but I saw. So And one of them I saw you didn't see. Oh, yeah, Bob I fell Biswas. asleep during Bob Biswas. That's true. Uh, so, of this, who do you think won due to they deserve to win? Wow, this is a real... Uh... I'm going to say, champions. I, I mean, more I, so than in other years, there are some films, there are some nominated films that I did kind of go, oh, oh, I didn't know about that. Um, and I already thought that like the films we discussed in our wrap up episodes, like that a lot of people didn't watch those. So like, I think just 2021, it's like, mm-hmm. again, the, it was a mixed bag. And so it's interesting to like, look at the awards because there's even stuff that kind of didn't even make our radar. I think I would have given it to the... The cop, the white guy in Sardar Udam. Oh, okay. He was great. Yeah. Uh, but based on this um, assemblage, I'm going to say Pankaj Tripathi in 83. It was Pankaj Tripathi and Mimi. Oh, and Mimi. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't see Mimi, but you were pretty fond of it. Um, You know, I didn't like the film per se, but I liked the performances. Okay. And he is very good. And I, I, I do think... It, that in Mimi, it's a more interesting performance than in 83. Yeah, in 83, you've um, got the comic relief. But yeah. it does that really well. But you can't... I mean, you can't disagree with Pankaj Tripathi as a Best Supporting well, Actor. You, know, you like, said we can't disagree with Filmfare, and I was thinking, I can. Oh, well. yeah. No, we can. Okay. Best Supporting Actress. Kurti Kilhari in The Girl on the Train. Wow. 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 Why? Amazing pick. <laughs> Amazing pick. Um, this is a film that I feel like we're going to, th- this this next nomination, um, this is a film I think we're going to have to catch up with because it was not on my radar and it, it seems to have uh, received a lot of love from the Filmfare so Awards. Is it the Great Indian Kitchen? Uh, no, because that's not a Hindi film. Right, but they, it was probably dubbed. Are dubs available for I don't. Awards? I don't think so. I would like to see The Great Indian Kitchen. Um, anyways, so Kurti Kalhari and The Girl on the Train. No. Just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Konkana Sen Sharma in Ram Prasad Ki Tevri. Have I mean, you I heard always, of this? No, but I, I always like Konkana Sen Sharma. She's fantastic. So she's currently my front runner. Yeah, it, 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 it appears to have uh, released originally in fest, at festivals in 2019. Uh, Nazi Rudin Shah, Vikrant hmm. Massey. Like, wow. This sounds great. I feel like we need to catch up with this at some point. Directed by Seema Pawa. Yeah, I would I, sure. would I would like to see this. Move along. Yes, moving along. Uh, Meghna Malik and Sina. Nina Gupta. Lots more nominations <laughs> for Sina than I thought there would be. Yeah. Is she the mom who gets... Has something happened to her, I'm guessing? Uh... She plays Usha Rani Nawal, so 
you know, I, I don't remember the names of the characters. <laughs> Probably. The mom was a big character. Um, and the Nina Gupta in Sandeep or Pinky Farrar. And then Sai Tamhankar in Mimi. Hmm. It's nice to see some love for Sandeep or Pinky Farrar, right? Yeah, my gut instinct is Sandeep or Pinky Farrar, but I'm guessing it's probably Mimi again. It is Mimi again! Yes, Sai Tamhankar, uh, who played, I believe, Mimi's, yeah, Mimi's friend. Um, who kind of helps her out. Another, a great performance. Like, I, I also would have been happy to see it go to Nina Gupta. I haven't seen this Kankana Sancharma performance, but she's always good. But Yeah, Kankana Sancharma is never bad. Yeah, Apart I, from Wake Up State, where she doesn't get a lot to do. Yeah. But I will say, this this performance from Sai Tam Hankar, like, again, that's the one, like, I think the performances in Mimi are great. I, sure. Yeah. All right. Best Actor. I know this one. You know this one? Well, okay. Well, we'll still, we'll still have some friends. It's Ranveer Singh, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but he was up against uh, Danosh in Atrangri Ray, um, which, I mean, he was great. Yeah, I liked him great. a lot, actually. Siddharth Maholtra in Shirsha. Sure, he was fine. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. He's I mean, not playing I, a very complex person. Yeah, I, I get the sense that a lot of people love that movie a lot more than I do, and that's okay. It's very patriotic. Um, and then Vicky Koshal in Sadardam. Yeah, it should have gone to Vicky Koshal. Yeah, I think so. This is Ranveer winning for 83, right? Yeah. He was really good. He's good, but I think he but can... Vicky Koshal was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not annoyed with Ranveer saying winning the award, but it, you know, not who I would pick personally. I would have gone with Vicky Koshal. Yeah. Uh, so best actress we have Kiara Advani in Shirsha. I like Kiara Advani, but that's not she the, she didn't have a lot to do. That's not the role I would necessarily no. nominate for her, but you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that she's getting some, some love. Mm-hmm. Kriti Sanon in Mimi. We always love Kriti Sanon. Okay. That's my current forerunner based on what I've, Seen so far? Periniti Chopra in Sandeep or Pinky Farrar. Not for Sina, no. Yeah, not for Sina. But <laughs> and, uh, and, and not for the girl on the train. Not for the best mole award. Um that's uh, Sandeep or Pinky Farrar. She was good. That's definitely the best role she had in twenty twenty one, so can't agree with I'm sorry, can't disagree with that nomination. Uh, then Tapsi Panu in Rashmi Rocket. Okay, and didn't see that one. Vidya Balan in Sherney. Spicy. Okay. Uh, my heart says Paraniti Chopra, but I think huh. my brain says Vidya Balan. It's Kriti Sanon. Yeah. Well. I, I, I would have given it to Vidya Balan, but you know what? Vidya Balan has a bunch of films. Yeah, she watch. doesn't need any. Kriti Sanon doesn't have any. And they make a dirty picture too. She's going to be back at Silksmith <laughs> again. People back on top. I think people know that like I yeah. love Kriti Sanon, so you know I'm I'm yeah, happy. I'm, happy I'm so happy for her. Hopefully, she can get some more roles out of this. Yeah, and she's posted some you know some fun some fun snaps with her and her awards um, she's won a number of awards for Mimi at this point she's posted some fun snaps good on Instagram and again like I so wasn't it sounds like that's like an actor's choice everyone yeah, votes for I these think so. really like that one again like I wasn't crazy but the film itself and the places that it went but I can't disagree that the, she gave a great performance mm-hmm. best director so again the nominees are Kabir Khan for 83, Akarsh Kurana for Rashmi Rocket, Seema Pawa for Ram Prasad Ki Turvi, 
Shujit Sakar for Sadar Udam, and Vishen Vardhan for Shirsha. Gotta go Sardar Udam here. Yeah? Yeah. That's my choice. My choice would also be Sadar Udam, but I went to Shirsha. Hmm. Again, I think... I think not people a bad like, movie. No, it's not a bad movie, but... Um, Very patriotic. I haven't seen Rashmi Rocket. I haven't seen um, Ram Prasad Ki Tevri, but I really want to now. Um, but yeah, for me, it would have been... Sadar Udam, I'm sure it was a good movie. I, I don't know. Just didn't capture my attention. It was a war movie. I don't know. Yeah. I hate to be like... <laughs> well, it is the sort of yeah. thing that wins awards. Yeah. But also a period drama about something important to Indian history also would win awards? Yeah. I think? Yeah. Like 83 or Sardar Udam? I wonder... There was some interesting mixing of reality and the um, actor world in 83. Well, I wonder if the, if kind of some of the criticisms of historical accuracy have worked against the Dardum. Hmm, I hope not. Well, finally, we have best film. I'm sure you can probably take a stab at what some of these nominations are. Mm-hmm. Ram Prasad Ki Tevri, Rashmi Rocket, Sadardam, and Shirsha. And this Rashmi Rocket got a lot of love. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a sports movie. Well, I guess, and I'm we kind of go... skipped over it because there were so many sports movies. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go Shersha here just because it's cleaning up a bunch of other awards. It it went to Shersha. Wow. Yeah. So. So when I saw a bunch of Siddharth Mahotra fans freaking out online that he didn't win Best Actor, that kind of makes a bit more sense considering mm. he picked up all these other awards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Critics Awards, I'll just quickly go over. Best film went to Sadar Dam. Good. It beat out Rampersad Ki Turvi, Sandeeper Pinky Farrar, and Sherney. Nice to see Sherney being yeah. in the conversation. Like That was that was Great my movie. favorite yeah. 2021 Bollywood film. Uh, best actor went to Vicky Koshal. Good. Sadar Dam. He beat out Abhishek Bakchan in Bob Biswas. Again, I fell asleep, okay. so Weird. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Not even, okay. Um, Pratik Gandhi in Babai. Not aware of that one. Uh, but if it's good, let us know. Uh, Rambir Singh in 83 and Vikrant Massey in Haseen Dilruba. You know, he was pretty good. <laughs> that was a very silly movie. But. I like Vikrant Massey, but yeah, it's nice to see him get in there. That that movie did nothing for me. But. Yeah. Uh, and Best Actress went to Video Balan and Sharni. She beat out Supriya Pathak for Ram Prasad Kitharvi and Tapsi Pani for, for Haseen Dilruba. I guess critics really liked Haseen Dilruba. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but as per usual, we're more on the side of the critics. Uh, mm-hmm. Just in time for a new horror movie that's coming out about a serial killer who kills movie critics. called <laughs> Choop. So we'll have to watch that one when it comes out. But uh, yeah, maybe Choop's in our house right now. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, this, this doesn't surprise me. Usually with this award, we typically pick the same things as the critics. Uh, and there was a bit of a controversy with um, Kangana Ranawit. So this is this is um, Thal. Wait, Thal are you saying that Kangana Ranawit made a controversy happen? <laughs> so this is this is in regards to um, her performance in Thalavi, which now that makes sense as to why that's a film that uh, wasn't on our radar because oh, the stars Kangana right. Ranawit. She was initially nominated for Best Actress for her performance, um, but they withdrew her nomination. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And be, after she made some accusations um, that the film for words are corrupted and well, I mean, you know what? <laughs> if you're if you're being accused of being corrupt, yeah, maybe that will uh, have the award taken away from you. Uh, so overall, 
Shirsha had the most nominations with 19, um, followed by 83 and Sadaradam, which both had 14 nominations. But Sadaradam walked away. Despite not getting Best Film or Best Director, it walked away with the most awards. So it picked up the technicals? Uh, with nine, Shirsha seven, Mimi three, all for those acting categories, and then 83 got two awards. Wow. So. That is crazy that Mimi just cleans up all the acting. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, maybe you should catch up with at some point. It was like, again, the performances mm-hmm. were very well, good. Well, I mean, I watched the last 20 minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, I don't know. The, the, that, that wasn't as fun as the Biffle Awards. I'm just, I'm just no, saying. I think our yearly tradition of the Biffle Awards yeah. has had a lot more surprises. Yeah. Uh, slaps. Yeah. Um, snubs. Snubs. <laughs> slaps. All kinds of things. Uh, so it's always a wild ride, the annual Biffle Awards. Yeah. Check them out. Um, it's, I feel like it's also hard to be excited because, like, it's September. <laughs> Yeah. Like, we're talking about movies that came out so long ago. This time last year. <laughs> you know, and movies that, again, because... Um, why does it take a so lot, long? I don't, I, I don't know why this took so long, because this feels very delayed. Um, and I kept checking for when they were going to be... Re- for when they were going to come out. Because um, I was curious. Mm-hmm. We watched a lot of 2021 Bollywood films, but... No one else did. But no one else did. So, like, again, it's, it's kind of hard... There's some good films in there, but it's kind of hard to get excited when both, like, it was kind of a weird year, partly because of the pandemic, like, Mm -hmm. things weren't getting released into theaters as much, things were getting pushed to streaming, and there wasn't, there wasn't, like, a lot of, from my perspective, there wasn't kind of a lot of conversation um, about the films that were being released, like, Mm -hmm. Hasin Dilruba and Targi Ray, like, people were talking about those movies a bit, Mm -hmm. but not much, not the way that people, like... Are talking about losing Shada for better or worse, or Brahmastra, yeah, etc. Um, or Garyon, right? So, mm-hmm. and these movies just like they came out so long ago. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to remember that far back. Yeah, but you know, congrats to all the winners and nominees, except for Kangana Runaway, who uh, <laughs> doesn't want her nomination. Yeah, not yeah, sour grapes. Yeah. All right, Matt. Back to school. We're discussing back. It's back to school time. Do you ever have dreams about school? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have more dreams about high school and like junior high and elementary school or university? I almost never dream about university. Oh, okay. I would say it's more elementary to junior high. I have a lot of dreams about university, but then also for some reason I have dreams where. I'm already in university, but for some reason I have to go back to our high school. And so like Mm, I'm doing... Like a Billy Madison type situation. But I'm doing like high school classes and university classes for some reason. What the hell, brain? I don't know. Get your act together. I don't know. And a lot of it is about like... It's not like you had one credit left and they won't let you into university. No. You have to finish... It's like I'm doing class or something. It's like I'm doing both. And a lot of it is about like how I'm... Like what if I miss the bus... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, I do have dreams You could have school. missed the bus for university, too. Yeah, I don't know. What What are your dreams about school? Uh, They're very, like, place-based. Mm-hmm. So I could just remember what, what the halls or what my brain thinks the halls of my yeah. high school. Well, oh, yeah, I think I dream about, like, like, my locker in grade 12. For some odd reason, like, a lot of the dreams are there. I don't remember where your locker was, but I remember where mine was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very much like experiential, like place stuff, and I'm just there. Mm-hmm. Or 
kind of a Sunday scaries type thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, I forgot to do my homework. Uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I don't really remember my dreams very well, but I cannot for the life of me remember anything having to do with university since I finished university. Like, and that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty nice. I don't think I was that stressed out, whereas I would have mm-hmm. been stressed out in like all the other grades. Interesting. Uh, so, obviously, we are not headed back to school. Like, I we, sure hope not. We've been finished school for for years. Um, but this is still kind of like, I don't know, this is kind of one of my favorite times of year. Is, you like the youths? You like to know what they're well, up to? I like the weather kind of starting to cool and that kind of transition into fall fashion. But also just this kind of, just this kind of, it's in the air, you know, like being studious <laughs> and like and it's kind of and it also you don't even work near the university I do and I see yeah. students all over the place but I think there's also this feeling of like new starts and new like sure. a new start of a school year uh, new ambitions new goals there's just something about the fall that feels a bit like a reset and I think it's because you know growing up every you did it for 13 yeah to 17 years, yeah. basically. Every September. Oh, more for me. Right. <laughs> it took me longer to finish my degree than you. Um, you know, so every September, like, you just kind of get ready to go back to school. And there's something really... Back to school shopping. Yeah. There's something really, I think, comforting about that transition, whether or not uh, you are going back to school or you have kids going back to school or not. You know, I just I think it's just... It's kind of one of those just, like, traditional post like benchmarks within the year i find though as northern people every day is just worse (laughs) okay uh there's less light right and it's colder and it's rainier yeah you don't really like fall you like Like, you like i like fall better than winter but i really hate winter so every day is just so fall is just a reminder that winter's on its way yeah it's just another step on the death march towards winter so I don't like fall, mm-hmm. uh, and I it's just because I hate winter. What was your favorite part of going back to school as a as a kid or as a student, as a university student? Uh, as a university student, I liked buying books. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, and I guess as a elementary etc. student, I just liked seeing my friends, mm-hmm. or maybe not my friends because I would have seen them during the year, like summer, mm-hmm. but just other people I knew, like. What's that girl like now? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Someone I didn't hang out with. Do you think you know what uh, my favorite thing about going back to school as a kid was? Uh, you would have liked clothes. New clothes. Yeah. I loved going back to school shopping for new clothes. My you probably favorite had a lot thing. of hand-me-downs too, right? Uh, no, not necessarily. Because I have a lot of older, older siblings. No, hmm. not necessarily. But like every back-to-school season at the Bay... There would be like a buy, like buy six items and get eight or something. And so mm-hmm. we would go and I'd get to pick up like new outfits at the bay. Are you getting all eight <laughs> items here or is this all of your favorite? No, no, no. I get everything. Oh. And so I get to get like a bunch of new outfits and that was always really exciting. And my favorite mm. was always this um, like forest green corduroy mini skirt. Of course. Um, and it had a matching um, like corduroy vest. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was my very first mini skirt. And I got that you in were ele- ten years old. I got that in elementary school and that was like my favorite thing. Hmm. Uh, and I, I recently found a very similar adult sized green corduroy mini skirt 
at Simon's, and I'm very excited to wear it this fall. So do you feel like you're 10 years old every time you put it on? <sighs> Maybe. Hmm. Like 10 or 11. Um, but we're not here We're not here to reminisce. About our school days. We're here to talk about uh, a couple of films that I think put us in the back-to-school mood about about kids going to school mm-hmm. uh and or trying to yeah and 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 about the importance of of education for all and so we've we've picked two films that are about kids as opposed to you know we we, we talked a lot in the past about so these these films are both about children mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about films in the past you know where we're dealing with kind of Oh, grade 11 to like, university yeah like co- like late high school college and university yeah. aged um, students, but these but are like we get a lot six of those to nine year olds yeah. in this one. So we want to talk about some some films about children. Mm-hmm. So our first is Tari Zamin Par, which means Stars on Earth. Came out in two thousand and seven. It's directed by Amir Khan. It was his directorial debut, and I believe still the only film he's directed. Which is really weird. <laughs> he should do more. He produces a lot. Yeah, but it's and, it's odd that he's only directed one movie in fifteen years. Yeah. It stars Darshil Safari, um, who is about like a eight-year-old boy mm-hmm. uh, named Ishan, Amir Khan, Tiska Chopra, Vipin Sharma, Tanya Cheda, and Sachet Engineer. Vipin Sharma is kind of the only other guy that we've known, and he's been in Patalak, Gangs of Wasipur, like pretty good resume mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. But everyone else is fairly new to us. And all the kids are like yeah. first-time actors. Well, kids are just new in general. Yeah. Um, new in, as in being new humans. <laughs> Writer Emil Gopte and his wife Deepa Bhatia were initially inspired by the life of Akira Kurosawa. This is wild. And so, so I, I assume most people know who Akira Kurosawa is, but if, if you If you're don't, listening to us, you probably do. He is an iconic Japanese filmmaker who made movies like from the 50s all the way into the 80s. A lot of samurai movies, Seven Samurai, um, the, and, but also things like High and Low, you know, just... Mm-hmm. An incredible filmography. He's one of our fam- favorite filmmakers, easily. Uh, and I guess that he struggled a lot in school. He was not a good student, which is like a very no-no thing in Japan. Yeah, definitely. Um, but he went on to be extremely successful because he was so creative. And so Gupte and Batia uh, became interested in telling a story about a child who didn't excel in school but was very creative. So did they have any connection to Kurosawa or they just thought, oh, here's the story of an artist who had a difficult time in school? Yeah, I think that's where the inspiration came from. Uh, Their kind of research into why kids might have a difficult time in school kind of led them to learning more about dyslexia, Mm -hmm. which is uh, what the film is about. Darshil Safari has dyslexia. His character. Yes, his character. Um, so led them to learning more about dyslexia, and then they th- that's kind of the route they followed. I do not believe that Akira Kurosawa was dyslexic. Hmm. But we do find out lots of other people were. Yes, there is a whole scene where we hear about all the all the many famous and successful, um, mostly artists, um, who and had scientists, dyslexia. Yeah. yeah. But, the, but even those scientists are like, they're arty. I guess Einstein, not so much. But Leonardo like, da Vinci. Da Vinci, yeah. 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 Uh, so it was a big box office hit, critically acclaimed. Uh, it was India's submission to the 2009 Academy Awards for Best Foreign Film. It was not nominated. Uh, 
I assume many people listening to this podcast have seen this film before. It's yeah, pretty popular. Like pretty big deal. Uh, it won three National Film Awards, including the award for Best Film on Family Welfare. Hmm, interesting. Not child welfare. Do they have to make an award, like, so specific? <laughs> I was nominated for nine film for awards, and it won five, including Best Movie, Best Director, Best Story, and Best Actor Critics for Darshil Safari. Uh, notably, uh, Safari was the youngest Best Actor nominee in uh, Film Fair Award history. I can believe it. He's, like, but nine. He, I think he was ten. Okay, but he later, yeah. he lost to Shah Rukh Khan in Chakta, India. In the non-critics version. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, that's one of Shah Rukh's best roles. Yeah, it really. And is. at least if he gets the critics one, then they both kind of win. Yeah, and like, I mean, that's got to be good bragging rights for the rest of your life. Hopefully, like, they took a picture together. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, high five. Um, the film is known for raising awareness about dyslexia and has kind of. Um, been shown around the world by there was a big screening in Seattle with hmm. 200 people of just kind of you know it, it it raised a lot of awareness and potentially continues to raise a lot of awareness for dyslexia. This so, should, the, the subtitles for this should have been in the dyslexic font. Mm, maybe. I think you. Can, well, I think you can change your subtitles. I think you can do Comic Sans as a subtitle. I'm not sure about like the dyslexic font, which. If you look it up, like kind of the lower parts of letters are fatter, and mm-hmm. this apparently helps uh, dyslexic people like kind of keep it in their heads. Yes, and also, um, so um, one of the one of the challenges for people with dyslexia is like for fonts where letters um, kind of the same shapes repeat over in different letters. So like yeah. the B and the D being exactly backwards of one another. And so my understanding is that the dyslexic font. Um, and, and Comic Sans, and and the reason that Comic Sans is 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 often easier for people with dyslexia to read is because there's no repetition like that. Yeah, each letter is a concrete unit. Yes. So, do you want to set up the plot for us? Sure. Uh, so, Ishan is a young kid living in a big city who um, is a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find him kind of like looking at small fish in a puddle. He likes hanging out with the dogs in his colony. Even I guess he, the actor was really afraid of those dogs. Though. Oh, I would be kind of afraid of like road dogs, yeah. street dogs. You wouldn't want to get bit by one of those. He feeds them his uh, test results, though. Uh, but what he doesn't like is going to school. Uh, maybe not so much going to school, so much as reading and math. Well, and, and it's not even that he doesn't like. I mean, the teachers. It's yeah. It's not that he doesn't pick on him. that he dislikes learning. Um, it's just that he has difficulty learning, and so and everyone is horrible to him. Like his yeah, teachers are horrible to him. His teachers just think he's stupid and lazy, yeah. so he's often just thrown out into the hallway. Where and he's oddly, oddly enough, he doesn't learn anything while he's out there. He just gets, you know, he just stands by himself, and then oh look, he didn't learn anything because he wasn't actually being taught. And he's repeating grade three again. Yeah, yeah, and it just like I, there's a scene where one of his teachers calls on him and. Again, like, he's having difficulty following the directions and the instruction. He can't read the words on the page. He says they're dancing. Yeah. And everyone laughs and the teacher just thinks he's being silly. So then, in order to get her to stop, he does just be, like, he he is just silly because, like, she keeps pushing him. Yeah. And, like, uh, Amir says later on in the movie, rather than, like, 
admitting defeat and saying, like, I just can't do this, you deliberately get in trouble yeah. so that, like, you can kind of take control of the situation. Yeah. Well, he does. Um, and he eventually does so bad at school and no one understands... Uh, what was happening well enough that he gets sent to boarding school mm-hmm. where uh, there doesn't appear to be any extra sort of help available. It's just stricter and like capital punishment is used. Yeah, his his dad is really focused on like... Getting successful. Yeah, his, like his sons, his older... so His older brother older is brother, a real go-getter. Yeah, is very successful, top grades, plays tennis... And the dad is really focused on his sons being able to compete in society. And yeah. so how will he be able to compete? Yeah. And uh, essentially, he has written his son off mm-hmm. for years now. The mother, she tries really hard. And there's a good song, which we'll do the interval, called uh, Jame Raho, which is about... Getting up early, eating your breakfast really oh, yeah, fast, like going one. to work, and being basically like a quote-unquote productive member of society. And Ishan is a dreamer who likes learning about animals and imagining things in his head. And, and he's very artistic. He likes drawing and painting. Yeah, and he drew all over color. his walls. Um, and this the song shows like, you know, some people are dreamers. One thing I like about this movie is that this sort of dreamer persona is owned by a nine-year-old, mm-hmm. whereas in our, was it the last one? We won before last with uh, Rambir Kapoor. Mm-hmm. Rambir Kapoor often has this sort of like, I'm a dreamer. I don't fit into society. I'm 38 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is kind of, I don't know, I hesitate to say like a childish argument, but it's, it's definitely something you can kind of accept more in a small child in mm-hmm. that they have not been socialized. Even though uh, for him to be able to speak Hindi and some English fluently without ever having read it is kind of amazing. Like he had to, you know, infer basically everything because he can't do phonics, for example. He can't mm-hmm. look at a word and f- Well, I mean, we learn how to speak English without having, without knowing how to read it. Sure, but like he does not... Like, he doesn't speak like a baby. Like, he speaks, like, about as good as the other kids in his class, but he doesn't have the benefit of being able to read anything. You can see the opposite, where if you've read a word a lot of times, but then you're called upon to say it out loud, you don't actually know how to do it. Right, like apartheid. That's a common one that... Yeah, that happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'd been, uh, in my head, I'd been pronouncing it differently for years. People do this all the time, because (laughs) people who read books... You know, they're going to encounter a ton of new words that they had never heard aloud until yeah. someone said it. And I think it, like, I just think it is kind of amazing that he's able to pull this off. Uh, he's actually very smart. He's incredibly smart. Uh, and, but his, his strengths do not lie with math and with reading words on a page. Yeah. So do you want to explain what happens when he goes to boarding school? So he goes to boarding school and <laughs> immediately becomes extremely depressed. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't paint pictures, any, paint paintings anymore, which was kind of his one artistic outlet that you don't need to know how to read to do. Mm-hmm. He has one friend, um, a disabled boy, whose yeah. dad is like... He works there. He works there, yeah. He's 
high up there. And he said, and this kind of is a dangling sort of plot thread that doesn't go anywhere. But this this kid says, like, why do you think every kid here is being punished? Mm. And like, okay, well, you're you specifically the the child of one of the people who works here. You're not being punished, but yeah. like the idea of boarding school in most people's heads is that yeah. you're a bad kid and they need to toughen you up. Yeah, but he, uh, you but know, he's like contemplating he's suicide. Yeah, he which withdraws. Is, it like they they went to a really dark place. Yeah, and this kid is really really good at just looking sad. <laughs> he's got like his um, huge eyes. He's these huge eyes, and then like these these very big teeth that have a lot of spaces in between them. Like he's yeah, just, he's got he's, a face. He's, he's got a adorable. movie face. Uh, but luckily. Uh, a new art teacher comes to town who also works at a school for people with developmental disabilities mm-hmm. called the Tulip School, which I have to assume is probably a real place. Mm. Um, and I uh, play by Amir Khan. And Amir Khan eventually... He enters with doing a big song, dressed yeah. up like a clown with like... Well, I said he would be a magic art fairy. Yeah, it's... He basically so... <laughs> was. You, you were like, oh, now Amir Khan, the magic art fairy, is going to show up. And I was like, art fairy? And then, like, you'd never seen this before, no, obviously. Not and then, like, all. yeah, Amir Khan shows up and he has, like, pointy ears, ears and this big Salvador Dali mustache. And he does this big song. He's wearing a cloak. And I was like, oh my god, he is an art fairy how did yeah. you know this is one of my most amazing calls yet yeah uh but he himself had a reading disability mm-hmm. growing up and his father acted the same way and he's able to understand what's going on with ishan yeah he's and able he to also figure knows it out. he also knows that like unless someone does something like this kid's gonna kill himself yeah he does not fit in here at all he has no friends at least at the old school like he could kind of he, he was able to go back home, whereas and he yeah. has a support system there. And actually, like, everyone apart from his dad still likes him, too. Yeah. His dad's kind of... His dad likes him, but, like, he doesn't try to learn about him. But Amir his brother Khan, likes him. Amir Khan can also tell that, like, he's very intelligent, he's very smart, that he's not lazy, that it's, mm-hmm. it's just not... He's not he's, stupid. He just has never had access to the knowledge contained yeah. in books. Yeah, and... He goes to visit Ishan's family and sees kind of the artwork and the paintings he's done. And so, again, he... And he tells the mother who freaks out, basically, like, he doesn't paint anymore. Yeah, and he... Which is, like, his only artistic outlet. He looks at the way, like, the writing in his notebooks, and he he recognizes it as kind of how he (laughs) saw Mm -hmm. letters and, and numbers. And so he is able to kind of take Ishan under his wing and work with him and I, I believe a lot of those techniques that you see Amir Khan and Ishan working on are real techniques that they use with children with like they make dyslexia. sense like drawing letters in sand yeah. or having like a grid that you draw a letter on that seems like a way that someone who uh, just like picturizes letters differently it's a way mm-hmm. to kind of make it concrete and it is like it's a reading disorder you know it is something that he that if he can work on like you know, he he can get strategies can, to do it. Yeah, like it, this is not it's not his intelligence. And one so, of the one of the best scenes in the movie is his his dad is coming to the school and he's thinking of going to see his son and American. The the first part's a little lame, but he like he he sits him down and basically chews him out for twenty minutes and his dad starts kind of freaking out. And when he walks outside, he can see his son, but Ashan can't yeah. see him. And Ashan is reading he's fairly out, difficult yeah. words like amphitheater. 
And the father is too cowardly to even face his child. Yeah, because I mean, the issue is that no one has recognized Ishan's dyslexia. And so they, you know, they keep trying to teach him the way every other kid yeah. is learning. But that's not going to work because you have to, you know, you, he, he needs he needs different learning techniques. Yeah. You know, and that's what the film shows. And then the film shows, you know, like how, um, you know, once he is, once Amir Khan is able to take the time to teach him off, he, off books though like he's not even getting paid for this he's working yeah, extra overtime yeah. which <laughs> most teachers would not be able to do also there's like 40 to 60 kids in each class yeah. so you also kind of see why the teachers didn't have time for him and but they also didn't need to be so no, they didn't cool. have to be such assholes about it um but yeah but then he then he starts to excel and then he you know comes out of his shell and then he you know takes up art again it's a lovely movie the ending with the <laughs> art competition is a little Saccharin, but I still liked it. Yeah. Um, but With yeah. With Guru Dead's sister. Yes. And she's judging an art competition. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like this movie, and it's it's a, one of the few movies you can think of that actually like probably did help children. Yeah. Because if a teacher watched this movie and noticed kids in their own class, or even the children themselves, who uh, are not articulate enough at that age to say, like... I have dyslexia because they don't know what it is. Right. And they like they can't read the word dyslexia. Like it's it's really a shame that the word dyslexia seems super hard to read. And I think like it just the the formation of the word. Yeah. It seems like a really challenging word. So even if you saw it, you wouldn't be like, oh, I have dyslexia. Um, so it's so difficult for a child to actually articulate this. And by a certain point, uh, they are basically gone unless you help them. Well, children also learn. Um, you know, children with learning disorders or with neurodivergent disorders, they also learn how to mask them. Yeah, they can kind of um, do workarounds. Yeah. Like his defaulting to class clown. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, they again, they just, they learn how, they learn how to mask them and so people don't always notice. Yeah. yeah. You learn how to get by, essentially. Well, this kind of reminded me of myself growing up because... Um, all the other kids were taught to read using phonics. Mm. And since I already basically knew how to read, I didn't need... Like, I didn't... I found that sort of stuff really difficult, like sounding out words. Yeah. Because I just knew them all. I was and never good at that like because... A huge, like a bunch of work for no reason. So I would always do badly on these courses mm -hmm. when I could just do it already. It felt like a... Like, obviously this is not the same issue as dyslexia, but like... Children have different ways that they learn how to do things, and mm -hmm. there is no, like, you know, one-size-fits-all solution. Yeah, I had chicken pox when we did phonics, um, which was not a good thing, but I, had, but I already knew how to read, similarly to you. Like, I was, I was reading before I went to school, so, yeah. Well, I just thought those I, I was always bad at sounding out words, well, too. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> Still bad at sounding out words. I just didn't words. get the point of it. And, you know, for other students who hadn't gotten that far... At home, yeah. sure, that makes sense. But, uh, like, obviously I'm not saying that this is the same as having dyslexia. No. It's just a, a way in which my own schooling I had, you know, sort of something counter to the way that everything else was being taught. Yeah, and, and also, like, there you couldn't pick up something and people didn't understand why. And, and that's... Yeah. And, and that's also I can't amazing. tell them, like, uh, teacher, I know every word. I don't need to <laughs> do phonics. This is stupid and for babies. For sure. Um, I think like the joy of this film is is the kids. 
Yeah. Um, Amir Khan's working with a lot of non-professional actors, and he he finds ways. Like he clearly worked with these kids quite a bit mm-hmm. to get them to kind of be, be natural, natural on screen. Uh, and and I think it, it, it's very it's very successful. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a joy to watch, even when they're kind of being mean to each other. One of the things that I think... The kids at the boarding school, for the most part. We, we yeah. kind of get to know them a bit more. Yeah. The kids before are just dicks. And and Safari is fantastic. Yeah. He gives a great performance. Um, and I think one of the things that you and I both really liked about this movie is... And it's a small thing, but the brotherly relationship. Yeah, it's nice that his brother's not picking on him. Like Yeah. The older though, brother... Like, the older brother doesn't necessarily he doesn't know... That his younger brother has dyslexia, but he knows that his younger brother is not lazy. Like, he knows his younger brother is trying and that he is really creative. And he really, like, he clearly really cares for him, mm-hmm. you know? And and that's, that's really nice to see, <laughs> as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, the older brother being like, I'm doing well in school, why can't you? Or, yeah. like... Or, you know, like, feeding off of the competition. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes the older brother less of a character. Because he's just, like, nice. And he's not another shithead in this kid's life. Yeah. Um, But what did you think of Amir Khan's direction? Because I thought, for someone who's been in, like, many, many movies and only made one, this is a very confident debut. And he's been in the industry for, like, 20 years at this point. So, like, he knows his way around. But I was actually pretty surprised that it was that good. Yeah, I think he I think he knows how to make really evocative images. I think anytime he's working with like that pond and the and mm-hmm. the fish and the water and just kind of there's there's kind of a poetry, I think, to his images throughout yeah. the film. Uh, he doesn't have like a really showy camera. Um, no. So not like a lot of showy cameras. There's a movies, few like kind of POV shots and yeah. weird angles. And I think what he really does is knows how when the camera needs to focus in on small details. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually kind of mundane details that I like think... Like a puddle. Yeah, that I think in context of the storytelling and the way they're presented kind of seem... You know, because it, it is about like a child's point of view and, you know, about um, the importance of the everyday and just kind of... You know, it, this could be really mundane, but I think he, he just yeah. kind of adds this kind of sprinkle of magic to it all. I bet you dollars to donuts that Amir Khan is a fan of. I think his name is Godfrey Reggio. Do you know who that is? No. Let me look it up. But the guy who directed Koyan is Katsi. Oh. Because there's a scene okay. where uh, Ishan is bunking off of school. He gets his brother oh, to yeah, write him. Oh, yeah, that's a, a good one. Um, get get him to like write him a note saying like my son was sick. Godfrey Reggio, yeah. Yeah. Um, and basically like the way that he walks through town and just sort of appreciates like oh here's a guy painting a wall. Uh, just watch him for a while. Or here's um, here's a bunch of people waiting for a bus. And you're you're getting Ishan's interest in the world around him. Mm-hmm. Again, because But it's this like, is also done the via, way, the via, way, via... Yeah. The way he makes the mundane, but because he's taking the perspective of a child, seem exciting. Like, I yes. think that's the special touch throughout this film. But it also reminded me of these sort of crowd shots in Koyanis Katsi, where you would get, yeah. like, here's a kid drinking some water, or something even, like that. It's not even that far off from, like, Veritov. Yeah. I mean, just that scene. Just not that the scene. whole movie. I, like, I really like that one scene. Yeah. I like the movie in general, but I thought yeah. that was a good way of showing us, like, 
Actually, this like this really early on, so we don't really know much about the kid. But like, well, it shows he actually is smart. He's interested in things around him. He just can't. Really well, exactly. Read books. He is still like he is clearly interested in learning. Yeah. He's clearly like excited. But he's doing it experientially, and he can't do it by reading a book. Exactly. All right, so we both like this movie. Both recommend yeah, it's great. it. Hopefully. Someone watched it and then learned their kid was dyslexic. <laughs> Who knows? Like, it, it seems actually like a useful piece of art in that sense. I think so, yeah. All right, we're going to take a break and then come back and discuss Hindi Medium. And that'll be the song that I mentioned earlier, Jam Hey Raho, which is all about getting up and going to work. <laughs> This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. This episode is also brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come here in Edmonton. You can start an endowment fund for yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. There's also Vital Signs, which is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how well the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. To learn more about the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out ecfoundation.org. So that was Jamhe Raho from Tari Zamin Par. Uh, next up, we've got Hindi Medium from 2017, directed by Saka Chaudhry, and featuring Irfan Khan, Sabah Kumar, Dishita Segal, Amrita Singh, Deepak Dobriak, Tila Tamashome, Nia Dupia, and Sanjay Suri. It's a pretty great cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a sleeper hit at the box office, got good reviews, and had a uh, sequel come out. And, which I'd, I'd seen the sequel first. Yeah, because why didn't you see Handy Medium in theaters when it came out, Matt? I don't know why. So we were in Toronto, and... Hindi- ah, we could blame this on Shah Shaheen. No, you could blame it on me. Oh. <laughs> um, and Handy Medium uh, had just come out... But Robta had also just come out. Yeah, we, and we wanted to go see a movie. Ah, Robta, that's that's the ticket. We wanted to go see a movie with friend of the show, Shah Shaheen. Um, we had a great time, but I thought we should go see Robta because I I had already seen Hindi Medium. I knew it was quite good, but I thought Robta was going to be great because all the trailers said, you know, from the makers, the visionary of, director of such and such. Well, from the makers of Bud Lapour. it's not the same director, but yeah. it's like from the makers of Bud Lapour. and it some has producer Raj Kumar Rao and Kriti Sanon and Sushant Singh Raj. But I was like, gonna be great. Can't wait to see Rabta. Terrible experience. I was so wrong, um, and I I really thought that like you and Shaw were never gonna forgive me for it, but I guess you forgot. So maybe Shaw did as well. <laughs> I don't know. He seems like he's got a good memory. But I think it's my fault we went to see Rabta instead of Hindi Medium. A movie that I think... I'm sure Shah's seen Hindi Medium by now, but like... that. The, it's a real crowd praise. It's definitely a better movie. Yeah. 
Uh, so this got good reviews too. Yeah. It was nominated for six film fairs and won two for best film and best actor. Best film. Mm-hmm. And best actor. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Irfan Khan's doing a great job in this movie. Uh, like I said, and Grazy Medium came out in 2020. You can listen to our episode on that, but well, it's, that is a very different our, movie. Yeah. Our 2020 mid-year kind of wrap up. And, and Grazy Medium was the last film that, um, of Irfan Khan's that was released before his death, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but this one's about a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and mostly about their parents. So it's Go also ahead. very much about class. Like it's just it's a completely yeah. Ungrazy Medium is a a weird sequel. Ungrazy um, Medium is more like a it screwball comedy about uh, <laughs> uh, hopping between countries and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it doesn't seem to. Hiring um, someone to stalk your own daughter. It doesn't use any of the same themes that it you just find. Has, it just has Irfan Khan. <laughs> Team media. Uh, and this became Irfan Khan's uh, highest grossing handy language film. So it, it surpassed The Lunchbox. Wow. Yeah. Too bad it didn't surpass Jurassic World <laughs> as his highest ever. And it did very well in China. Mm. Yeah, big hit in China. Uh, so Irfan Khan and Seba Kumar are a couple. She's really they, good. I wish we saw her more often. Yes, but. she's a Pakistani actress. Yeah. Um, so this is before all the Pakistani actors left Bollywood. So. We're told to leave. Yes, I I would like some of them to come back because I, I like a number of them and I'd like to see well, them in Bollywood movies name? again. Fawad Khan's Mola Jad movies coming out right away. So like some of them are doing stuff over there, but I can only imagine the floods in Pakistan are kind of making it difficult to release movies right now. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Irfan Khan and Saba Kamar, who was also nominated for Best Actress at the Film Fair Awards. So mm-hmm. You're not alone in liking her performance here. Uh, they play a married couple. Uh, they uh, own a sari, like a like a clothing shop. Bridal in goods. Yeah. Bri- yes, a bridal shop in Chadni Chok. Um, which is also where they live. but uh, Which is kind of like a neighborhood that used to be really poor, but is now kind of like middle class and striving, I guess. Yeah. Because you would see movies in the 90s or so, like, oh, they're from Chandichak, that's a tough neighborhood. Yeah. Whereas now it's sort of like, they're pretty well off, actually. They're very, like, nouveau riche. Yeah. Um, they're... <laughs> I'm just thinking about nouveau poor now. <laughs> their daughter, um, Dishita Segal, uh, is... Starting school, and Saba Kumar is very kind of based, clearly based on her own experiences of a kind of, you know, of, of and her own experiences in school and kind of how she felt that she was looked down upon for maybe her English not being as good or kind of, you know, it still be- is because, yeah, yeah, or because of, um, you know, the, the area of town that she grew up in. She really wants her daughter to, you know, speak perfect English. Uh, and go to the best school so that she can really kind of excel and move up in society. So her daughter is kind of and not set. end up doing drugs. Yeah, That's not her, end up doing drugs. Her continuous so thing her is daughter, like, what if she ends up doing drugs? So her daughter is set for life and maybe doesn't have to deal with some of the the challenges that she did. And both so, her and her father went to government schools. Yes. And so she really, but she, I mean, she clearly went to university because we meet one of yeah. her friends from university. So she kind of pushes uh, Irfan Khan. To, and, and the both of them, really, to kind of try and get their daughter into the best school in Delhi. And there's yeah. kind of this ranking Delhi Grammar School. of the, like, eight or six best schools in Delhi. And it's, it's all kind of... Um, it's all kind of ridiculous. I feel like you see this in, like, sitcoms set in New York, too. Like, people trying to get their, like, 
their children into the best preschool so that they yeah. can go to Harvard. It's it's that kind of mentality. Uh, so they hire um, Tilatama Shome, who is like. Uh, a consultant who's going to help them with all the interviews so that they they can get into the best school. And and Tilatama Shome says, you know, like some people start hiring me, like join my waiting list when their when their child is still in the womb. So it's like it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decide to move closer to the schools because they're guaranteed. Uh, in order to get into these schools, you have to live within the the radius. And so they kind of pack up all their life. They move to a fancier part of Delhi so they can be closer to the schools. And then they try and kind of rub elbows with the right people. Mm-hmm. And Saba Kumar is kind of embarrassed by Irfan Khan's more, you know, like... Earthy? Yeah, like, he still has the Chandi Chok in him, and so he likes dancing with his kid. to Hindi songs. He likes dancing a nice daughter. kid with, it, like, a nice song with his daughter. He doesn't like eating caviar. And no. and everyone at this party is just, like, appalled that this, this man... This man loves his daughter? enjoy dancing with his daughter. Uh, I also uh, really like the essay that Tilatama Shomai writes. I believe it says that the no the one is, that they they hire they hire somebody, yeah. they hire a guy who can speak English yeah. to it but it says something like she was delightfully intoxicating or what was it <laughs> so, oh something like it that. was weird like the, something you would never say about a six year old but if you wanted to sound like you had fancy English you might say yeah uh, so they do all of this they you know they have to hire a stylist they take um, you know they they try they wear and, way too many brands yeah. They well, they they wear way too many bands, and then they have to hire the stylist because they're just like giving yeah. off way too much of a Nuva Rich vibe. Vibe. Uh, they do all these interviews, and unfortunately, she doesn't get in. And that's where they find out that there is like a certain number of spots at these schools. I think it's twenty percent. Yeah, that are set aside for it's like was it RTE like right to education? I think so. Yeah. Set aside for lower income kids so that they can hopefully you know go to a good school and advance. Mm-hmm. And so Irfan Khan uh, then bribes <laughs> someone so the, that the chai his, seller outside of the yeah. uh, education building so that his daughter daughter's name will be picked and will be one of these these kids even though they're obviously very well off well a news story breaks in the news um and this scandal is kind of discovered and amrita singh who is the headmistress of the school the, the school that eventually they they settle on that they want to go Jelly into Delhi grammar school the best in town exactly uh, she says that she's going to personally like monitor the selection this year and they are going to make sure that no one is cheating the system. Mm-hmm. So what, what does Irfan Khan do? He decides that the family will then move out to the poorest part of town so that they can adequately pretend to be completely poor yeah. <laughs> so that their daughter will get into the school and also that they won't be um, caught for having bribed someone to get his daughter into the school. Mm-hmm. So then they have to pretend to be nouveau poor. Yeah, because they're uh, <laughs> the first time that uh, the Hindi teacher from the school, who's yeah. kind of sent by Amrita Singh to check on all these applicants, he figures out right away that they were not always poor by looking at Irfan Khan's yeah. hand, which is a very like Sherlock Holmes thing to do. And like, he's very this skeptical. is not the hand of a laborer. But uh, Deepak Dobrell, who's a, a friend that they make, it is just like probably the funniest character in the whole movie because it's this guy who 
it, ride or die for her fun immediately, believes him on everything, and is also so desperately poor yeah. that, like, every time he says anything and he shares his food and he mm-hmm. shares his water, you're just heartbroken because it's like, Rafan could just go home yeah. and have whatever he wants. So it sets up this juxtaposition where... When but he believes that he's poor. Yeah. He says that... Oh, he he's newly poor. Yeah, he doesn't they, want to talk. They lost all their money, yeah. and that's why they're here. They weren't always poor. And the film sets up this juxtaposition where the first half, when you see them trying to kind of rub elbows, and they tell all the rich people that they're going... When they they're decide going to, to They're going off to France, and they fake a bunch of like photos to put on Facebook. If I remember right, Irfan says that they're going to go to France after they go to Paris. <laughs> it's like, we're going to go to Paris, and then we'll go to France. <laughs> They're going to go to Nobu. Yeah, they're going to go to Nobu. Um, but, like, all of the people in the kind of the upper class part of town, like, look down upon them. Uh, they don't want their kids playing with their Francon's kid because, like, her English isn't good enough. And just, like, you know, snooty. Mm-hmm. Snooty and judgmental. But then, you know, when they're in the, the poorer part of town um, and, you know, they're living off of rations and... Um, fighting with people at the water. They're laborers, like you know, they're they have or from kind of go work <laughs> His in a factory. Job is so good. It's like a like a cookie factory. Yeah. Um that's where like the the community instead there really supports them and they come together and the lengths that Deepak Dobriel is willing to go to to help his friends. Like Deepak Dobriel is also trying to get his kid into the school and he just like the lengths that he's willing to go to to help his friends in the hopes that like both their kids will get in is is astounding. It's so heartbreaking because you're just like, <sighs> actually Irfan Khan's kind of a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, um it's and it's so funny because like I really didn't like Deepak Dobriel's performance in our last episode in yeah. Good Luck Jerry, but he's so good here. Uh, he should and just be completely poverty stricken men who don't understand yeah. what's going on. Um, ultimately, the message of this film is that, like, all children deserve to go to a good school and deserve a good education. <laughs> or, yeah, like, just make the government schools better. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I I really love this movie. I think mm-hmm. it's incredibly funny. Um, there's just, like, there's, there's... It's also, like, you don't need to know Hindi either. No. Like, it's... it's. I think probably that's why it did well in China. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, like, a big push to get people to learn English there. Yeah. Or... Maybe like Mandarin as well as uh, um, Cantonese. Like I'm sure, like language. Well, it's also a competitive, super competitive society with like emphasis placed on education, and I'm just sure that an emphasis placed on like your kids like carrying on your legacy. Yeah, yeah, and getting like a good degree, and maybe even coming to somewhere like Alberta to study. Like that is of paramount importance. You must do this. Mm -hmm. So it's like a really understandable premise for anyone, really. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just like, I don't know, there's so many hilarious set pieces and kind of, again, in both seeing them trying to rub elbows with um, like the rich folks, but then also (laughs) them pretending to be poor. Uh, But the film, the film really like, it never, like because it also ends up being not just about education, but about class. Like it's just, the themes are... The themes are there. So, like, you're constantly laughing at Irfan Khan and, and Saba Kamar, and you're kind of disgusted with them as well. Yeah. Uh, They're and- literally stealing this other kid's future out from under him. Yes. Like, even though it's not a one-to-one, they're, like, Deepak Gabriel's child has a right to yeah. be in this lottery yeah. because of his station in life. 
and Irfan Khan's child definitively does not, <laughs> no. has many other advantages, does not need the government's help for this. I would say maybe like the one, the one kind of thing that the film, um, I don't know, kind of stumbles on. Yeah. The one, I would say that the one thing that the film stumbles on is like the daughter has no personality. Yeah. But also <laughs> do you want like a super precocious kid? Cause she would like, she just kind of has to be there. I and the, maybe, the movie's about the adults. And maybe that's why it works. Like, But she just she has no personality. I do really like when she tells that one boy, like, but we're going to get married. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't like her English. But in general, like, she's just kind of there. Well, I think that also the final resolution is a little, it's a little long-winded. It is, And but... it's also based on a bunch of parents not recognizing what their children look like. <laughs> it It is, but I also really like... So... Irfan Khan and Zabak Kumar, because of their relationship with Deepak Dobriel, do realize that they're monsters. Mm -hmm. And so take their wealth and invest it in the government school that Deepak Dobriel's son is going to. But they don't want anyone to know um, that they are the benefactors. And like you can, you can pay for a toilet. Every time they go to the bathroom, they'll see your name. Hilariously, like the headmaster or the teacher at the government school is like telling them all the things that they can sponsor. And yeah, and, and then we'll put your name here. We'll put your name here. We'll put your yeah, name. Right next to the toilet. Um, and they, they, they want to sponsor all the students. They also don't want their names and being they, shown specifically to Deepak <laughs> And they don't want their name on it. Um, and, and they, and they come back to kind of see like how successful it is and like the, they are helping improve the education offered at this government school. And so Irfan Khan and Saba Kumar, like, especially like Irfan Khan, especially has a big change of heart where he realizes like, I think that what... she would be fine with the, like, she's actually the real monster. His wife. <laughs> yeah. She would be fine with whatever they ended up with if they stayed with with their lies but he he realizes you know just kind of how what they've done is absolutely horrible but also how this system this entire system is unfair that the, these kids deserve just as much of an education as the kids going to his daughter's school and so like at the like opening ceremony thing all the kids like give a performance and he hijacks how would they know it how to do this performance yeah <laughs> <laughs> he hijacks it and brings the kids from the other school and then kind of gets up gets up and make a makes a statement about the right to education and the thing that i love is that like in many other movies like everyone would get up and clap and have tears in their eyes here only his wife does and there's a couple other people in the crowd think who, are, about it. who think about it and then like the person beside them stops them yeah. and so I just I love That's rich people that is exactly they're not going to be per well, persuaded again, like, by this populist rhetoric and this film just like it commits to the joke all the time like it yeah. just like it knows that like yeah, the conventional ending would be like that everyone like cheers and stuff, but Ooh, no. Let's all donate our money. It is more it is more realistic and, and cynical. And cynical and funnier. Yeah. If like everyone is just kind of awkward and then it's like, okay, we can get on with the, what we were supposed to be doing. Also, Irfan and his wife do remember at one point like, well, we turned out okay. We're actually really well off. And we went to government school. <laughs> Wait a second. There's also, okay, there's a throwaway line. We're, we're, we're spoiling a lot of the movie, but like, it shouldn't it's really be a big surprise movie. to you. Like, if you know how movies work, like, it's not going to be a huge twist ending. 
But it's the execution that makes it so yeah. good. There's also a throwaway line where Tilatama Shome, I think, makes a reference to um, like the pageants that kids in like grammar school will do, and like they'll dress up like animals and parade around for you. And we saw that in yeah. Panga, and I really want to know if like in like Indian like elementary school, if the kids often dress up as animals. And I also perform. like because um, it was such an interesting throwaway line. There was also a fun bit where. Uh, um, the Hindi teacher is talking to uh, Irfan and uh, Deepak Dobriel and says like, well, yes, your access to the school is free. We do need 24,000 rupees for things like... That's what to, it was. Going to a park. Or <laughs> that's what it was. They're yeah. like, yeah, we need... It wasn't until the time of show me. It was that guy. And Dobriel's like, that's... they can go to the park for free. You don't need 24 grand. <laughs> that, yeah. For extracurriculars. I also love the juxtaposition where, like, when they're touring the schools, they go into one where, like, one of the kids, um, they're told, like, speaks a bunch of languages and yeah. is, like, a famous sitar he player French, or whatever. Chinese. And then when they go visit the government school, there's a kid there that speaks Hindi and English and French and Mandarin uh, and then... The kind of the punchline is because he follows around all like the tourists in the tour camp. Yeah, there's so many good bits in this. It's so good. Uh, Irfan, but yeah, I think the, it was the guy who was like, yeah. "We're gonna need we need twenty extra money for extracurriculars. Like, you can watch your kids dress up as animals. They could be they could dress up as animals. <laughs> They'll also go to the park. We need." You know, many multiples of your yearly salary to do so. And we looked it up, and it's really only like... $800. Yeah. $850. Um, There's also... Yeah, the scenes of... Which is actually still a lot. Yeah, I mean, if that's per year, that is a lot for, like, a kindergartner. Yeah, I mean, but I think that would also be a lot for families here, too. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Uh, But it's, like, an insane amount in India, whereas here it would be... A pain, but achievable for yeah. most. Um, but uh, Irfan working at the cookie factory is fantastic. And that's where I thought, like, oh, this is a Raj, Kumar, a Raj Kapoor movie. Mm. Like, this is a premise that would have been equally funny if mm-hmm. done by, you know, a comedian like him in the 50s. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a sort of, like, elemental premise of you just want your kid to get into a good school. Well, it's I'm sure also... some of the particulars would have changed, but... The idea of like Shakespeareanly pretending to be a poor person. So well, that's that you what I was gonna say. In. Like that is also an elemental premise. Like that's yeah. that's my man Godfrey as well. Yeah. Like one of our favorite movies. But it, it's it's just a premise that would always be funny regardless of when the movie came out. Yes. Like you could you could make this it's fun to laugh at rich people. Yeah, rich people are scum, and we should yeah. laugh at them all the time. Yeah. Um, and Arfan, I also think, kind of looks like Raj Kapoor. Mm-hmm. And it's a real shame that he couldn't do, like, a biopic or something. Because, like, when Irfan is funny, he's funny on, like, four different levels at once. Because, like, he's doing some physical bit of business and getting exasperated and yelling at somebody. But you're also, like, looking at his eyes like, oh, yeah, the actor inside is just having a ball. And you can yeah. tell. He loves this sort of thing. It's a very, very good performance. I was thinking also of... Uh, I mean... Irfan Khan is always good, but this is such a showcase for his talents. I was, I was also thinking of Piku throughout, mm-hmm. where um, he's surrounded by uh, uh, Deepika Padukone's crazy family, <laughs> and he's just sort of bemused the whole time. And he he could just do so much with those beautiful eyes, yeah. And like you could just see an intelligence behind there, and uh, just they're laughing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, these are both. This movie slaps. These are they both, both slap in different ways. Yeah, I I would say like. 
Terry Zamin Parr is a lot more emotional. I got choked up during that movie. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's, it's a real heartstring puller. Hindi Medium isn't without its um, emotional Mostly moments. Deepak Dobriel. <laughs> yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, some, he's, he's so good. But it's just like, it's also like, it's really, really funny. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's so funny. Uh, yeah, I recommend both these movies. Uh, they're both available streaming pretty easily, so... More fun than going to school, I'll say that much. Yeah. Uh, Hindi Medium was on Amazon Prime, and Terry Zamin Par was on Netflix, so... And, I mean, they're both very popular movies, so yeah. if you Sometime, haven't... <laughs> sometimes the, everyone's right, and uh, something that's very popular is also very good. Yeah, so if you haven't seen them, you know, check them out. Uh, so that's the end of this episode, Matt. We will be back in a couple of weeks, and what will we be doing? What will we be discussing? Okay, so my favorite ongoing series. Yes. Amitabh Bachchan. Yes. We're picking up the Bachchan series again. Yes. Depending on if these are still available from when I looked it up, which was a month ago, mm-hmm. but based on you know streaming and things getting taken off YouTube and stuff... I think we can do 85, 86, and 88. Wonderful. So we could fill in some gaps in our filmography and try and get caught up to uh, where we left off last time, which was in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And we could fill in the last little bit of the 80s. But I've got 85, 86, 88, 89, 92, 94, 97 sourced. Okay. So we should be able to do at least like three episodes here. Okay. Sounds good. And yeah, if you like Bachchan um, emoting, <laughs> I think this will be our bag. So that will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? At Bollywood Pod, at Matt underscore B O W E S, at Aaron E. Fraser. Uh, Bollywood is for lovers. Tumblr.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. Facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. Uh, please rate and review us on your favorite platform. Um, Give you some biffle points. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess the biffle points just aren't the draw that they were before, huh? You can follow my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Around the Movies. We're also working on a back to school episode. So, you know, back to school's in the air, as I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. And yeah, that's everything. Yeah. Stay in school. Mm-hmm.